Blog Talk Radio. tuned in to Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our website is DebtFreeWealthRadio.com. If you're listening in on your mobile phone, on the web, or through iTunes podcast, welcome. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately leads to empowering those who desire debt-free wealth to delete debt, build wealth, and protect family assets through money education, resources, and opportunities. Let me guide you to debt-free wealth. Today's topic is reinventing yourself, how to turn life lemons into lemonade. Now, when life gives you lemons, you better learn to make lemonade, adaptability, flexibility, and a resolute mindset of I can, allowed my guest and my friend, Kim Savage, to keep her doors open during the height of the economic recession of 2007 to 2011. Many of you would probably argue that that recession is not truly over. While many felt the pinch of the recession, those who made a living in real estate probably noticed it the most. And Kim, a licensed Virginia realtor, immediately reviewed her resources and reinvented herself to offer property preservation and rehab services to the growing foreclosure market. Kim figured out how to turn those life lemons into profitable lemonade. No stranger to heavy-duty construction equipment, Kim and a crew of women may not be the only women-owned company in the property rehab business, but they certainly rank among the few. Don't let her last name of Savage fool you. Kim is all pink and feminine, but her resilience has allowed her to make a mark in a male-dominated industry, pink hard hat and all. She will share with us the whole business of reinventing yourself and your business to stay viable in difficult economic times and how she was able to, able to carve out a place for herself in a heavily male-dominated profession. Good morning, Kim Savage. How are you? Good morning, Trudy. Good, thank you, and thanks for having me. Oh, it is my honor and pleasure, my dear. So tell us, tell us. I titled this show Turning Life Lemons Turning Life Lemons into Lemonade. How appropriate is that a description of your finances and your career? Well, that would probably describe the last 20 years of my life. <laughs> you know, you definitely, is, you know, times change and seasons change. You better be ready to kind of ch- change with them or else you're going to kind of get left in the dark there. So um, that definitely describes the last couple of decades of my life. But um, Incredible, incredible. Now, I, I understand that you hold a contractor's license. A, a contractor's license. Am I correct on that? You are correct. Oh, my gosh. Why did you feel that was necessary, and how did that qualification impact your ability to move forward in this field that you're now in? Well, you know, when I initially started into the property preservation business, I, I probably wasn't, I literally tripped into it. Um, the real estate market had started to take a dive, and though I very well um you know, in the middle of the the craziness 
when it came to a halt, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I, I thought, well, now what am I going to do? Um, I just began to kind of reach out in any area with anything that I thought I could do, anything related to real estate. And when I had initially gone into the property preservation business, I was applying at different places. I, I'd even forgotten that I'd applied. I mean, I was just kind of reaching out for anything that I could do. I thought I can do that. Well, once I really got going in that, that field, I realized, well, wait a minute, I'm kind of being limited um, because I don't have that contractor's license. It would it would allow me to go further. So I, I decided to take the class. If other people could figure it out, I could probably figure it out too. So I you know, let me let me, let me pause you right there, Kim. Let me pause you right there. You just said you felt limited because you didn't have the license, not because you're female. Right. Exactly. Just just because of the limitations um, in terms of licensing boards, in terms of uh, you know what you're allowed to do. Um, I felt like it would just be beneficial. It would open more doors. Yeah, I'm really pointing that out because I wanted to capitalize on something right there, though. You, your perception of limitation is different from a lot of people because you, at no point, you charge head-on into this male-dominated environment, and not for one moment, it's, have I heard you say or has it seemed to cross your mind that you being female was going to be a limitation at all? So as far as you were concerned, the only limitation was not having this license, so you darn well just went out and got it. Well, you know, I learned a long time ago, and I tell people this, the only limitations we have are those we put on ourselves. And we can either be a victim or we can be a victor. So I've always just, I've never let that interfere with anything I've wanted to do. As a matter of fact, it's, you know, it's probably more challenging if, if somebody thinks I can't do it. I'm going to really, really try harder to do it. Um, and I've always been that way. I'm just, I guess I'm adventurous and, and you know, very curious. And, and if, you know, I, I you know, I just, I'm, I enjoy the challenge of learning new things and diving in. So, that to me was just, you know, that that really wasn't even an issue. It came later on in some of the challenges, <laughs> but not initially. Mm, okay, incredible. Now, um, there are a few women that I'm aware of because, you know, my husband's a building contractor, so I'm very much aware that there are, you know, some women out there who hold a contractor's license, but very few of them do the hands-on work. Many of them get the license to assist a husband or a male partner, you, however, as I can see it from your pictures and I understand, you are a very hands-on, pink construction hard hat and all, do it, you're on the job kind of a person. How have you been received by clients or by any men you may subcontract to work with you? <laughs> Actually, it's funny because I've uh, I've had some really interesting um, experiences and I've learned so much. Um, for example, here's a really, really good one. If you're going to uh, spray for mold on the ceiling above, you don't stand right under it. <laughs> because <laughs> I've kind of learned on the job. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just determined to learn. I've done a lot of reading. And let me tell you what, I've, I've had to, to really pick the brains of other people. But the funny thing is I am really more of a foo-foo girl. I don't like getting dirty. I don't like getting my nails dirty. <laughs> so I've had to have that fine balance of, you know, of, of the feminine side of me, you know, learning to to get in there and be around dirt and grime, and that's been the biggest challenge. Um, 
but you know it's fun because I've really learned you know it, it, it's such a sense of achievement when you learn to do the stuff yourself you know I know the first time I was fixing deck boards I was just like I had I just I took extra pictures because I couldn't believe I did it <laughs> but you just you know you just learn to you know, I figure if other people can do it, I can figure it out. So it may, I might go full circle to learn it, but but I'll catch on eventually. And the, the interesting thing is that sometimes you, you leave your uh, rehab projects and put on your real estate pretty outfit and, <laughs> and then go meet real estate <laughs> clients. So somehow you still have to stay stay clean, right? Yeah. Incredible. Well, you know, yeah, well, the, the the thing is I also have different rules for my job site, you know, because I try to balance um, professionalism and, and ethics and, and a family environment on my job site. For example, all my guys in their, their contracts they sign, you know, they understand that, you know, we, we're a family-friendly company. You know, we don't want, you know, uh, we want the, their dialect to, to be curved on the job site. So we challenge them to... To 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 take all the four letter words out of their language and to remember that we're professionals in terms of dress even you know you know you, we've definitely had to send a few people home and change what they've got on um, so I'm I very much stress having a professional environment on the job site and that you know representing the company uh, in a professional way. So that, You've not had good. any um, any challenges from clients or men that you self-contract as far as receiving you um, in the position that you're in? Well, <laughs> the toughest part is when they have to take my pink truck down to the store. They're, they tend to put the hair on their back tends to stand up there. I'm not driving that pink truck. But, you know, <laughs> we get those things. <laughs> you know, it's just... Uh, I, I do. Sometimes I do. It, it can be difficult. And I had, um, for the longest period of time, I had a woman, four women, that w- oversaw my job site. And, you know, that was one of the toughest issues is, you know, the grumbling because of having to listen to her. You know, they did not like that. But you know, people adjust after a while. You know, they're, you develop a mutual respect after a while. Okay. Well, I know you've kind of given us one or two stories, but um, share one or two of your favorite renovation experience stories. Well, I think probably any time we face, you know, challenges or the unknowns when we get into something, it can be really, uh, you know, it can be very uh, challenging. But, you know, we've had to, you know, a lot of times when we go in, I'm having to coordinate between the plumbers and the carpenters and the and the painters and, and things like that. And, you know, it, it gets a little difficult sometimes when you're trying to, to coordinate all those efforts. But I think probably in terms of challenging, usually we don't have anything that goes too far south with something like that. would be more in, um, you know, like, for example, we had a situation that we had to remove a, you know, 1,100-pound, player piano out of a basement with, you know, with little wooden steps, and mm. the only exit door would be, you know, in a, one of those old-time basements. And so just having to find the right, uh, you know, people to come in and to deal with some of the dynamics of that. But, you know, you just have different times. you got to think on your feet, and, and I like that challenge. I, I really do. I'm just, you know, it, it, it can 
have you can you know really have your adrenaline rushing at times, but you do you, you take on the challenge and you go from there and you you know make it work. Okay, and one of the things that I loved about your story is how you, a female, progressed and profited in this male-dominated world. But the part that I found absolutely fascinating is that you didn't let your circumstances define you. That you'd rather stay in a you know, rather than stay in the place of hardship and whine about it, you took inventory and reinvented yourself. You saw no limitations to move into an area most women would never even dream of and did it so seamlessly and with sassy class. So what would you say to other women, especially those who are single like yourself, who need to make a living on their own? Well, you know, I would actually say this would apply to anybody. You know, we all have gifts and talents and things we can do. And you have to kind of take a personal inventory and think, you know, what can I do? What are my strengths? You know, what are my weaknesses? And if you really look around and you just apply yourself to do something, it, you know, it doesn't say that's going to be easy. But if you really, really, really apply yourself and you just take hold, you figure out what you can do and go with that, you know, there's no reason anybody can't make it. I was a single mom, a single divorce mom for, for years. And when I went back into the workforce, I I had to go door to door. I, you know, I, my background was in the, I went to acting school and was, in, you know, attempted to make in the entertainment field. Well, when you come back from California to Virginia, you know, they're not making a lot of films around here. It's not like I can go, hi, I'm an actress. You know, there wasn't a lot of work for me then. Um, so, you know, I, my job skills were kind of, you know, there, there weren't a whole lot of them at that time. So I started out just doing janitorial work, just anything. And from there had worked my way up um, into the, you know, to management, um, managing an accounts payable department. And then from there I, you know, used that to, to go to the next level and became an accounting and business consultant. So, I, you know, I just, if, they, if you take your, you know, if you take personal inventory and you say, what can I do, and use that, you know, and go from there, there's no reason anybody can't make it. I just, I absolutely believe that, you know, anybody can do that, male, female, whoever. Now, you head up, um, your business is women at work. What, what? Tell us about your company, how it got started, how to contact you, that kind of a thing. Well, the network, we serve Central Virginia area, and we do, we're a full-service property preservation company, and for those that aren't familiar with this industry, um, it's dealing with um, REOs, or bank foreclosed properties, and we do all aspects of it. We do, we're the ones that go in and, and you know, when you've got the, uh, you know, five feet high grass and the, you know, the porch falling down, we go in and we get it ready for the realtors. So um, we we do, you know, even some of the rehab projects. You know, we'll go in and do whatever it takes to get it um, marketable. Um, we also do um, a lot of the, you know, cash for keys where we are meeting with the homeowners and working on an arrangement where they can move on and um, they turn the house over to the bank. So, uh but we, we do all aspects of it, you know, lock changes, winterization, dewinterization, inspections, all of it. And we do have a website. 
it's womenatworkinc.net. So we can be reached through there. Say that again. It's womenatworkinc.net. And all our okay. contact information is there. Okay. Um, the You also... Um, head up a group, a Facebook group, which is a very active, involved group with a bunch of other um, people like yourself. Tell me how you came to kind of coordinate something something like that. Well, let me tell you, I, that was an, that's very interesting. Um, as most of us, you know, in, in the professional world know, LinkedIn is kind of the go-to place for networking and connecting. Um, initially, you know, I, we went on there, I saw a few articles or, or rather people posting about the property preservation industry. And I thought, let me, let's start a Facebook group where we can really interact a little bit better and kind of share war stories and share information and, and all that. When we started out, it was kind of, it was like a ghost town. I think it was about six of us that went over there. And, uh, you know, set up, I set up this little page and I think we're at 300, almost 360 people now. And they're all over the United States. And we we've, we've actually bonded. We're so close to each other that we that it's very hard for us to step off that page and interact with the rest of the world on our personal page. But we've um, we've really uh, it's been a great group, great information. It's amazing how from one state to another the regulations change, and it's it's very informative. So we've got a lot of buddy bonding going on there. <laughs> Well, one of the things that I, I thought was really interesting about stuff like that is, is one of my favorite concepts is collaboration versus competition. And I think that's what, you know, that's why I was amazed that, you know, a group like that would would thrive because that's, to me, it sounds like that's exactly what's happening there, that whole sense of collaboration. Oh, absolutely. And it's been, you know what, it, it, to be totally honest with you, I think initially when people came on board, we were all a little, you know, kind of, ooh, how do we fit in here? But now we actually go out of our way to help each other. We find job leads. We guide each other. We give each other information. You know, it's just really been bigger than anything I could even imagine. Um, And uh, honestly, uh, it's like an extended family, and I think all of us would tell you that. We just feel very close, and, you know, we... We couldn't imagine we're like family. So the um, real estate market, because I know you're still an active realtor. Tell me, you know, what's your take? And I know you probably will speak locally, but that's all right. Um, you, know, it's, you know, tell me what is your take on what's the future of real estate? You know what? I it, it, that's a very good question. If I could answer that, oh my goodness! I'll tell you what. <laughs> I would uh, I would be doing well. You know, I think right now it, it's like anything else. It's so hard to project so far out because there's so many dynamics involved. You know, the interest rate. Um, it's just so many things that are given to change. Um, and of course, the foreclosure market. We all know there's there is a shadow inventory out there yet that we have yet to see. So it's very it's a difficult and possibly volatile. Um, you know, market. But, you know, as with anything, you know, there are risks in anything we do. And I personally invest in real estate. I believe in being very diverse in what you do and not putting all your eggs in one basket. 
but I certainly think that in anything you do, you've got to be a little bit of a risk taker. You know, not a, not a fool, but a little bit of a risk taker, and that's what you do. You just you kind of uh, you just kind of take you, you look around and, and you, all you can do is use what information you have at the current time and as best you can project what the future may do. But uh, you know, I think right now, personally, I think we're seeing things pick up. Uh, we're seeing you know a lot of the investors are in our area are really you know they're getting into price wars bidding on property. So, you know, there is a market out there. Uh, Will it stay like that? I don't know. You mentioned a shadow inventory for the audience who may not be familiar, because, of course, I'm a realtor. I'm a real estate broker myself. But for the audience, explain what that is. Well, that's stuff that we don't, that hasn't really come into, you know, that's still out there yet to be, uh, counted amongst the numbers, at least that's in my terminology. Um, what I, you know, what I, when I'm using that, that's interchangeable with that. It's, you know, those aren't actually out there to be counted. They're out there. They'll be coming to the forefront soon. They're not accounted for yet, but they're they're coming. And you know the 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 homeowners who are you you talked about the investors and and I you know I agree with you there is uh, something going on in the market that it looks like business is picking up because the investors are the ones that are coming along and buying and they'll they'll sometimes buy wholesale they'll buy blocks of buildings apartment complexes and the numbers are looking great at one level but. What about the individual homeowners that are out there still hoping to tap into what is still, you know, probably still the, the best time to purchase a home? Speak to the homeowner, the potential homeowners. Well, I think, you know, I, honestly, and I may be a little biased, but, you know, with the interest rates as low as they are right now, if you use wisdom, and there's, there's an opportunity now to be able to get in somewhere and have instant equity. Um you just, you know, you don't go into it thinking, well, I'm going to live here for three years and it's going to double and I'm going to make a killing. And, you know, you, you have, can't have that mindset. You've got to live somewhere. And if you're just throwing money out renting, you know, I, I certainly would say, you know, think about finding a wise purchase. Um, I, you know, I, I would rather be paying into something that there's a lot of responsibility. You've got to be prepared for that. but And you've got to understand that you don't want to, uh, get in over your head, use wisdom. But right now, yes, I think it's a it's a great term. That this, this doesn't apply to all areas because I can't speak to all areas of the nation. But I know in our area in particular, you you really are not going to strike out. Now, how does your skill as a contractor come into play when you go out with a client as a realtor? Well. <laughs> From having to fix a lot of things and to remedy certain things, you get to know where you know things to look for. I you know I carry tennis balls with me to check for level floors. I uh, you know just different things that you you know you become very aware of. Um, any type of uh, you know recognizing mold in certain areas, so it does give you a little better understanding of um, underlying issues or things that could be underlying issues. And then of course, you know as you know, with a real estate background, just from going on home inspections, you do pick up a lot of it. But, uh, again, I, you know, I've, 
I walk in a house now and I see a dripping faucet, and it means something so totally different to me. I want to pick up the phone and call my plumber. But, uh, you know, it just gives you a better understanding. I think it also probably would help with your vision for the for the property in the future because I know sometimes when we take people into properties that match their their pockets, their wallets, you know, they, 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 they don't see the possibility for the property because they want the ready to go turnkey and sometimes their their pockets, their wallets cannot afford that and they need to step into something that might be somewhat of a fixer upper if they have the vision for it. So I can see where your talent, I would, you know, I, I'm going to just put the shout out out there for all the people listening in the Virginia area to definitely look up Kim Savage as your realtor because when you go into that property and you want to know, is this worth my money and what's the possibility for this property, I think she's going to be one of your better bets to all the realtors possibly out there for you. So, Kim, this was incredible. We have about five minutes left. Um, do you, you've had a job you mentioned in the past and you're now an entrepreneur. Help the person who is, you know, cause right now there's not a lot of J-O-Bs out there. Help someone see, you know, what is it that takes, what is it, what is it going to take to make the shift from employee to an entrepreneur? What does it take? Well, you know, first it's going to take just a determination and you got to understand that you're not, you know, there's going to be peaks and valleys. You, you've got to be just prepared to know that, you know, you're going to have to sometimes battle it out and you're going to have to get some tough skin. But if you just really, really have a mindset that you can and you take the I can't out of your vocabulary, you know, you, again, you may have to, you might have to get through some tough spots, but you can do it. I, I, I'll tell you what, I have been through so many different, uh, you know, entrepreneurial uh, ventures, you know, I'm looking around now at one of my uh, my great ideas of uh, eBay, you know, all my eBay things, hitting yard sales. But whatever talents and gifts you have, you know, you can make that work. Um, you've just got to really do a personal assessment and just, you know, and, and what is your passion? That helps, too. If you've got a passion for something, try to, you know, put those things together, your, your gifts, your talents, your passion. And if you just Stay with it, stick to it, and don't get discouraged. You can make it work. It definitely takes a bit of fearlessness. Now, would you ever go back to being an entre- to being an employee? I don't think I could. I really don't. I just I don't think I'd ever feel comfortable there. You know, I love Anything- being self-employed. I love having the you know people say tell me all the time, Kim, you you should you know don't don't you ever just have fun? You're always working. I'm like, but that is fun. I love what I do, you know, so to me that that's exciting. You know, I get up and I love what I'm doing. I, I, I'm right there with you, girl. Is there anything else you want to share with us before I close out the show? Well, no, I just uh, I appreciate you giving me a, a time to share uh, very much, and I enjoy your show, and I hope people continue to tune in because I think you have some well, good, good bits of wisdom. Throw it out there for us again, your website, and for those who may be in the Virginia area that are looking for a realtor, throw that one out there, too, real quick. Well, it's uh, womenatworkinc.net, and um, I can be either way. If you can send a, a, you know, an email through there, I can be reached on the real estate side or the property preservation side. 
Fabulous. Thank you, Kim Savage, for being my absolutely fabulous guest today. Now, guys, join us next week on Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Now, we do have a debt-free health segment. And next week is going to be a very interesting one because guess what? The topic is transparent transformation. And it's going to be reinventing me from fat to fabulous because I am tired of being overweight. In all fairness, I started the journey some time ago and lost about 30 pounds, but I've regained about 10 pounds of it when I stopped the program that I was on. Now, I'm going to tell you why I ditched a program that was clearly working, what I've been researching on as my replacement, and what I have found. So, yeah, I know on radio you can't see me, but I will be posting all my progress on video and on on that show, I'll tell you where you can see those. But on Debt Free Health Radio is where I'm going to share all the tips, strategies, emotions, hurdles, hang-ups, headaches, and successes. And you guys are being recruited as my accountability partners. I can so resonate with Oprah on this one. And it's not for lack of knowledge. It's not for lack of resources. So why exactly, what exactly stops us, stops me from accomplishing a goal that I clearly claim to want? So let's all Let's discuss this. Who wants to take this journey with me? I am officially opening up the Debt-Free Health Fat Club, okay? Anyone who wants to join me and have a place to voice your fears, challenges, get encouragement, hold each other accountable, join me. Let's reinvent ourselves from fat to fabulous and let your inner sin win. Thank you, Kim Savage. It was awesome. And, guys, join us next week on Debt-Free Wealth Radio.